Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back, everybody. The Dynamic Duo is back. I'm Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oni. We are the co-hosts of Critical Thinking. Today, we're going to be talking about the consequences of Tuesday. Um, and the story that everybody wants you to pay attention to is not the story you should be paying attention to. Um, I'm also done with the nice Christian movement. I'm also very much done with the nice GOP Oh, and um, what if I told you, Pat, that um, the Great Flood from Noah's Ark is likely to have been true? All of that coming up on today's Critical Thinking. It is good to see your smiling face, Mr. Patrick Oni. Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate it. I'm I'm glad that that you missed me so much. And I I, may I point something out here? Mm Mm-hmm. You seem uh, not as relaxed as I would have thought you would be coming back from vacation. Is everything okay? Well, we're going to get into that. <laughs> now, vacation was fantastic. Um, we had a good time. We enjoyed ourselves in Charleston, Savannah, uh-huh. yeah. Amelia Island, Florida. Yeah. A pit stop or two in Asheville on the way there and on the way back. Uh-huh. Uh, same with Lexington, Kentucky, and, and and then home. Okay. Problem is that that pit stop in Lexington, Kentucky coincided with um, finding out my city is <clears throat> taken over by the commies. And by the commies, I mean literally the commies. Not, not hyperbolic, uh, excuse me, the Democratic Socialist of America. Yes, Mr. Patoni. I mean, haven't they claimed to be uh, running that city for a while now? Mm, not really. Not really. No. Okay. Uh, no, this city was basically run by the, how shall we say this, the center left. Uh, version of the Democratic Party for a very, very long time. You would call Beetlejuice center-left? Yeah, I would. Look how she governed. Very much center-left. Now, does that mean that she is not a more or less leftist? Yes, but she governed center-left. And that has been... That that is why, you know, still living in the city has been... a a tenable situation and we're going to get into it 
Because on third or on Thursday, on Tuesday, still got vacation brain. By the way, you know it's a good vacation when you forget the day of the week that you're on. That's true. That that is very true. That that happened to me on multiple occasions. <laughs> oh, that's and good. I was perfectly fine with that. Wait, it's not <laughs> Saturday. It's only th- yes. <laughs> <sighs> and by the way, I I can't um say enough about um I don't know. 80 degrees and sunshine for nine straight days, Pat. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it now. We got a foot of snow at the beginning of the week. I don't want to hear it. I'm just getting done with sunburn. I keep telling my wife we're moving to Florida because I'm so sick of the snow and the cold. (laughs) Well, I mean, they were getting all sorts of, you know, snow and stuff. So I was just snapping pictures of the beach and the the wonderful uh, goodness on our trip and and ticking Um, off all the the people back home that were texting me. So, yeah. On on behalf of all of us who have been trapped in the snow and have wanted spring weather while you were gone, on behalf of me and all of those people, I know I'm, I'm number one, Pat. I know <laughs> I'm number one. But on Tuesday, there were three major stories that happened. And, um, well... If you weren't paying a lot of attention, you likely only heard one of them. And of course, the main story that every single person wanted to talk about is Donald Trump is indicted, the first ex-president or pre-president slash during presidency, which is impossible, president of the United States to have ever been indicted on criminal charges and <gasps> political persecution. 24-7, wall-to-wall coverage on Fox News, on CNN, and MSNBC, ABC, which, by the way, um, I don't know if you caught this, Pat, violated mm-hmm. campaign election law on Tuesday. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Um, because what did they do in their coverage of Donald Trump? Do you know what they did? Uh, no. They, bla- they blotched out, they, you know... Blurred out his number, his number to text to donate to the Trump campaign. You cannot do that. That is illegal. That is election interference. As a public broadcasting, let's not forget this was ABC. Now, if Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or One America or whomever, right? Right. Wanted to do that, that's perfectly within their own prerogative why because they are not a public broadcasting company guess who is abc ABC? cbs nbc and fox so they committed election interference because let's not forget he has formally announced and put in his paperwork for the presidential nomination of the republican party for 2024. So there's that. But Pat, on Tuesday, oh, before we get into this, I want to go this way. Do you care about this story at all? The Trump story? (laughs) The Trump indictment story. Um, Do you find it consequential? Do you find it important to our civic life and our 
cultural life, if you will? <coughs> I mean, on Tuesday, the way I approached this was, you know, bring the receipts. If you have the receipts, then there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. But if there are no receipts, and even CNN's legal analyst said that it was this was this whole thing is shaky at best. So no, you know, from a political standpoint, no, this really shouldn't matter. Um, from a cultural standpoint, it could, but I don't know if it does yet. Okay. And and I wanted to get your perspective there because mm-hmm. I actually put this story out the very bottom of all the things that happened on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Because here's the reality of this situation. If you think that this is a pretense to if they could do this to Donald Trump, they could do this to you. You have not been paying attention for the past, I don't know, three years. Yeah. You haven't been paying attention for the past lowest learner in the F, uh, the IRS. You haven't been paying attention for 15 years then. So, oh, welcome to the party, right? It, Donald Trump, okay, and this is all I'm going to say on, well, I'm going to say two things on this, okay? Number one, this is exactly what happens when you weaponize politics as above culture. When you when sure. we talk about the weaponization of culture, this is what you get. Okay? When when you weaponize leftist culture, the spirit of the age, this is what you get. But more importantly for me, Pat, this has this is this isn't if they could do this to Donald Trump, they're going to do it to you. Look at the January Sixers. Look at the people who were persecuted as 501c3s by Lois Lerner. Look at the mm-hmm. people who have been persecuted in other manners. All why? Because the spirit of the age is working through our government. Okay. This is this is I, I would I would even go this far. This is a symptom of our culture um, and a symptom of, of weaponizing politics, as you're saying, because government is always downwind of culture. So in Fair that enough. regard, yes. And then my second observation is this. We don't know what the hell they have. Period. Point blank. If you read that charging document and think to yourself, well, that's discovery. You don't know the legal system. You don't understand it. In any way, shape, or form. It, yes, on its surface, I will agree with the CNN analyst. I will agree with the Fox News analyst. I'll agree with a lot of what Clay Travis has had to say. On its face, this looks weak as hell. However, a charging document does not mean that is the end-all, be-all of the documents the discovery, the information that they're going to use to prove the charging documents. All the charging document needs is the bare minimum of evidence, a preponderance of evidence that would suggest that charges need to be brought. That's it. They don't need to tip their hand. They don't need to do anything other than that. Okay, so as hosts on critical thinking here, Pat, here's what I want people to understand is that 
Our job is not to presume anything. Our job is to look at the evidence that is in front of us and make observations, number one. And then number two, if we don't have enough information, we cannot make definitive statements. So what I am going to say is that my belief is, as I look at what has been leaked out by likely Alvin Bragg, because there's only two parties or, well, three parties that would know, the judge, the jurist on the grand jury, and Alvin Bragg. And when I look at the motivations, right, there's only one, one group that has the motivation, and that's Alvin Bragg, to go ahead and leak out that grand jury information. It would... It would seem as if, right, this this is a trumped up situation. It seems as if this is something that might not meet muster. But we don't know the discovery. What we also know is that the first hearing is not until December. Speedy trial? Yeah. Um, um, and then the, the first... Um, Likely trial dates are not in uh, not until January of 2024. What else is happening? Oh, that's right. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina primary season. Oh, hmm, hmm. so if you want to tell me that this isn't political, why are those the dates that are on the docket? That that's insane. And if this is truly important, why isn't this happening faster? So these are the things that we can presume. What I know is that we need more information. I want to be clear on this. I believe, based off of what we know, that this smells of political persecution. This smells of overcharging. This smells of a gotcha attempt, just like the Georgia situation. Donald Trump having a conversation and browbeating somebody is not tantamount to election interference or any of the other bull crap. All of it is garbage as far as I am concerned. But I will wait for evidence. I am I am presuming from this his innocence, unlike the last Speaker of the House, Pat, I'm going to presume his innocence. And I'm going to make the DA prove he's guilty that's how far i'm willing to go with this right and i I have a feeling that this thing is going to be a he said she said kind of kind of trial absolutely and And, and, and and these are the worst things to attempt to try to get through because most judges if they are fair and impartial quote unquote will throw a he said she said case out Mm -hmm. It is something like this now all of that being said pat as all of our country was over here, right, paying attention to the shiny orange man bad situation, gloating about it, pissing about it, bitching about it, whatever you were doing about it. Right here in my home city and then in my home state of Wisconsin, we had not one but two of the most consequential elections, I think, I've ever seen, ever, not for the governorship, but for things that have direct impact on your everyday life. So as we're paying attention to all of that, now, I know Dan King a little bit. 
um, the guy who was running for Supreme Court in Wisconsin, that election went to literally a George Soros-backed judge by an 11-point margin. She won 55 to 44, Pat. Wow. 55 to 44. This isn't, well, mm, this was just a really close election. Is this like your state Supreme Court? Yeah, it's the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Once last I left the state, okay, Pat, last time I was able to vote, we had a 5-2 majority of Republican-leaning Supreme Court justices in the state of Wisconsin. A 5-2 majority. That's huge. That's almost... It was down to 4-3, to and now it's flipped. In less than... Less than nine years. An 11-point ass-kicking. Now, to tie Donald Trump into this story, this was a Donald Trump boot-licking conspiracy theorist like I have never seen before. Running for the state Supreme Court for the third time, was rejected twice in the primaries, and then won this primary. We have talked ad nauseum, Pat. The only people who hate you more than the Democrats is your own team. How the hell do you take a state that was, what, 51-49? maybe closer to 50-50 and flip it to an 11-point advantage. How does that happen? When you wrong dog shit candidates. So garbage politicians in, garbage garbage politicians out. Results out. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it, but it is not just about that, Pat. We can rewind to November of 2022, you know, all the way back like six months. Mm -hmm. And what happened in the state of Wisconsin in November of 2022? Um, Well, I mean, Ron Johnson won re-election, right? And then Tony Evers, Evers also won Skeltor mm-hmm. won the governorship again. Yeah. A group of people who were willing to vote Ron Johnson were unwilling to vote Tim Michaels. The people of Wisconsin, and this is going to be a theme in the next two, in this topic, in the next topic. And I'm going to kind of combine them in my thoughts as I think about this. The people went, yes, in Wisconsin, 
fewer lockdowns, fewer instances of issues, if you will, here in unlike here in Illinois. But why did that happen? Because the Wisconsin Supreme Court said no to Tony Evers. They said no. They said you don't have the power. You're by the power of Grayskull, right? Doesn't doesn't work just because you want it to. We live here in real, reality land and there are laws and procedures and codes you must follow. Right? But the same split group of people. So while they suffered some of the lockdowns, while they suffered the job losses and everything else that all the rest of us went through during the first year of the COVID era, right? Oh, and by the way, he attempted to mandate, right? Vaccinations. Like a good leftist governor would. Okay. So while all of that happened, they decided to say, we want more of it. I have never in my life seen a group of people vote against their own self-interests more than I have over the last two election cycles. And I mean the last two election cycles as in November of 2022 and this year's primary and general elections that have happened already. Now, third thing happened on Tuesday, Pat. My fair city, because I can't say it's great anymore. My fair city, been, it's been reduced from great to fair. I mean, do you even want to claim it as your city at this point? Decided to vote for an out and outright socialist named Brandon Johnson, who pitted the black working class against the wealthy, rich white people who all, by the way, voted in mass for Brandon Johnson. Hey, I hate you. I think you're the devil. Yes, please. How much did he win by? Just out of curiosity. Won by like four or five percent. It, it was not as close. It got worse and worse throughout the night. Mm. Okay. It was not close. It was not as close as everybody thought. People thought Vallis would win by about 53 to 47, somewhere in that range. And that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Now, I I, I talked about self-interest and voting against it. That's not to say that you, because somebody is doing a campaign rhetoric thing that you just go ahead and don't vote for him, right? Like the, the concept of, uh, this is the rich white elite versus the black working class. And if you're a black working class, vote for me and you're you're the devil if you're the rich white person, right? Right. Not about that. We had on uh, a member of the Illinois Policy Institute, okay? Talking about Local One. I have never in my life, Local One being the Chicago Teachers Union, um, That's right. They were the first teachers union in the country. Okay. Hence local one. But 
Um, we had them on talking about their funding of Brandon Johnson, Brandon Johnson's upbringing in the radical core, as they like to call themselves. We had a man who decided to out and out tell you, I'm, I'm going to raise $800 million in taxes. We had a man who decided to tell us that I'm going to defund the police. He has spoken about this over and over and over and over again, attempted to pull the wool over the eyes of the people and did so. Because I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why somebody in Austin or somebody in East Garfield Park or somebody in Chatham or back of the yards. These are all neighborhoods in Chicago on the south and west sides. Who watch their neighborhoods destroyed by crime, by drugs, by gangs. I mean, utterly destroyed. Because I cannot for the life of me figure out how somebody who says, I want to defund the police. I'm going to take $800 million from you. And oh, by the way, um, if you dare, dare to build your neighborhood up and your home values, your multifamily homes, your single family homes become a million dollar home. Oh, by the way, 3% tax. This city has some amazing things about it. Okay, it really does. But those amazing things are becoming less and less the, the pro and con, right? Categories, if you're doing these things and these conversations, they're becoming few and far between at this point. And if any of these things actually get enacted, you know, in fact, I, I didn't have this uh, to be able to pull up. But Pat, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, there was a conversation that uh, was told to me, okay? It was a conversation uh, from um, from Twitter. A CPD friend, 28 years on the force, a supervisor born and raised in Chicago, summary of his thoughts on the election. Leave or get your FOIAD, which is your federal firearm operator ID card or concealed carry license. Imagine Kim Fox as mayor. That's who we got. Policing was on life support. It just died last night. I'm leaving. SCC and others warned about this years ago. And that, that so that's the Sergeant Corporal something. It's an internal city thing. Okay. That's from a 28-year veteran on the force. Basically telling you, I'm done, I'm leaving, you get the hell out, or you better strap yourself. Oh, and how did they celebrate Brandon Johnson winning? By looting the ever-loving crap the next morning. By, now we're getting murders at 6, 7 in the morning in broad daylight. It's and we're, and by the way, the other person, the or this person who relayed this information also noted the average is about five hundred retirements or leaves per year in the CPD. 
Last year, it was over 1,000. This year, they're estimating it to be closer to 1,500. What the hell do you think is going to happen? He doesn't even need to defund the police. He just makes needs to make this an untenable place for them to do their job. And they're just going to leave. And then what? For those of us who live in this city as law-abiding citizens, are we just shooting, sitting ducks? These are the conversations, and I want to be clear on this as a realtor, by the way. Because Chicago, the city, its real estate market is vastly different than the vast majority of this country. And we've talked about this, right? We, we didn't see the 50, 60% increases. We didn't see any of that sort of stuff. And it's one of the beauties of Chicago real estate and one of its albatrosses, because we expect that what we see is what's going on outside. And that ain't the case. But when I look at what happened in Wisconsin, when I look at what happened here in Chicago, not just that, my very ward that we currently occupy elected the seventh open Democratic Socialist of America to the, uh, to the city council. So that, that's something to look forward to. Now, her opponent is an absolute Mike Madigan, you know, um, focus group politician, right? Like, literally that type of a politician. But that a whole hell of a lot better than a democratic socialist, I'll tell you that much. That ain't an outsider. She is an insider. So when I take a look at all of this, Pat... And then I put Donald Trump's situation into the into the pot, just as the, the spice on the top of it. I ask one simple question. Of the three of these stories, which one is more important? It ain't Donald Trump. Why? Because it's got no bearing on your life whatso-freaking-ever. The government has been doing this to you for over a decade. Do we have to tell the stories of the very simple 501c3 groups that were basically railroaded into non-existence? Politically motivated, by the way, daring to have patriot or whatever buzzword, you know, that they, they were going to flag and then deny and make you spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars defending yourself through the IRS system. And then, you know, winning, except for you have no money, so they won anyway. Which one of those three things, what? I'll give you a hint. It's the one that actually affects you on your day-to-day -day life. And those would be the two stories I just mentioned, the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the election here in Chicago. And furthermore, they're important because I hopefully get you to understand what time it is. The time for nice, over. The time for, oh, shucks, we just lost an election, over. Because it's not just about, well, these people rhetorically don't like you. No, 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 no. They despise everything that you stand for culturally, religiously, 
They despise everything that you value in life. Which means they despise you. So they have allowed, so the city of Chicago allowed the spirit of the age to take a position unlike any other time in our city's history. It's gone. There's nothing great left. Well, why would you allow a politician to do that to you? It's not the politician. It's what he supports. It's what he believes and what he values. I just saw an article today, Pat. What Labor wins. No, 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 no. Labor didn't win this election. The Chicago Teachers Union won this election. Every other private business union, if you will, right? Like the electrical workers or plumbers or whatever, right? They all lined up on the other side. Not a single non-public service union endorsed Brandon Johnson at all. So labor didn't win. Public unions won. The joke now is Stacey Davis Gates, congratulations, you're our mayor. Why does that joke exist? Because it's truth. He's a puppet for her. And if you bother to watch Local One, like we did, Pat, go to YouTube and watch it. Because if if it's happening here, it's going to happen to you. They run this city. The spirit of the age runs this city. The spirit of the age runs Wisconsin. And what do we know about a path to winning for Team GOP in an upcoming election of any kind on a national scale? You better have Georgia. You better have Wisconsin. You might need Michigan. You better have Ohio. Oh, by the way, you better have Arizona. I I can't think. As I come back, I can't think of another time in which I look at the landscape and go, do you need any more proof that what is your uh, famous saying, Pat? Uh, hell? Oh, um, hell is empty for all the demons are here. Okay. Do, do we need any more proof? And most of those demons exist in Team GOP. That's the reality of the situation. If you think for one hot second that Donald Trump's indictment is going to do anything to influence the 2024 election other than maybe he can't physically run, that's the only influence. Otherwise, it ain't got to do bupkis with this election. The GOP can't even get out of its own effing way. And look, I'm not a member of the GOP, so I don't have a voice or a vote, but I can observe this is the worst of the worst that you put out and expect people to stomach. You can't even be bothered to try in a consequential statewide election. 
You can't even be bothered to cultivate a group of candidates that might make some sense for the Supreme Court of the state? In a literal 50-50 state? You can't even be bothered to put something other than an absolute moron? Oh, but Trump endorsed him. Trump's endorsement, what? he doesn't know who the hell that guy is. That's a, hey, can you do me a solid? Are you kidding me with that? Also, Karen Lake, Mamanaz, are we seeing a pattern? But to get back to the, the real estate side of things, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. The conversations that need to be happening in your household are based off of your safety. They're going to need to be based off of, can I get out quickly? Do I have the savings, the money, the ability to buy a house without another, with either I don't need to worry about my mortgage mattering for my next mortgage? You need to figure out what is doable. Do you have enough savings to get out? Do you have enough of those things? And if you don't, is the plan to maybe wait or rent and get out and make some big time drastic decisions for yourself or wait it out and see if Brandon Johnson has all of the puppets in the puppet show lined up to do what he wants to do. But what I can tell you right now is that the most dangerous part of this is that there is that great big unknown that's out there. And what do investors hate the most, Pat? The unknown. So they're going to sit on the sideline. And oh, by the way, as an investor, um, I'm talking about the, the family who decides that they want to have mom and dad live with them. So they're going to pull all of their life savings and money together to buy a multifamily home. That's like two or three flats, right? And it's going to cost them north of a million dollars. Those are the people who are going to be screwed by this idea. Directly screwed. Not the institutional investor who can afford whatever. Screw it. They're also not going to come into this marketplace because why in the blue hell would you do that to yourself? So once the wealthy leave, and this is the other part of this that I want people to think about on a real estate perspective, once the wealthy leave, where's your tax burden going to the middle class? And once the middle class gets sketchy, where's that tax burden going to fall on? And how do you think that's going to work itself out? So either you get out now or you wait out the storm. These are the realities that are in front of a lot of people, but you need to be having these conversations. And if you need help having these conversations, if you need help defining your financial situation and what it would look like to sell your home and move somewhere else, I'm in a perfect position to help you. So if you are in the earshot of my voice and you're in Illinois or you're in Chicago, more importantly, it is time for us to have those conversations. So follow me on Instagram at Andrew Coppins Realtor. You can follow me on TikTok at Andrew Coppins, all of that wonderful goodness. All I am telling you right now is that you need to understand, have these tough conversations. Do not be afraid 
to have these conversations. And oh, by the way, we've had them in my household. And then, well, moving back to Wisconsin, would that really help us? Tuesday's election? 2022's election? Is that really where you want to be? Because it's team spirit of the age versus the rest of us. And notice I didn't say team Jesus or team God, because God doesn't pick that side. Right? God's not about that. It's not about team God versus team spirit of the age. No, 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 no. It is team spirit of the age versus the rest of us. Because it will come for the rest of us. All right, Pat, with all that fun out of the way, um, how about we do a little bit of the B or not the B? Thank goodness. All right. So today's the B or not the B. The headline. Japan cracks down on sushi terrorism in recent arrest of two men who dipped their chopsticks in communal bowl of ginger. (laughs) Again, the headline, Japan cracks down on sushi terrorism in recent arrest of two men who dipped their chopsticks in communal bowl of ginger. And while you are thinking about that headline and whether that is the bee or not the bee, um, as I mentioned, folks, If you are in Chicago, if you're in Illinois and you're looking to move out of the state or move out of the area, I am perfectly positioned to help you. I can refer great agents elsewhere. I can do all sorts of things. But more importantly, I can help you have a less emotional and more rational data-based and data-driven perspective on on moving. And, And I can find ways to help you if you're considering that. And maybe you're the correct answer financially is to stay or to go. Whatever it is, let's have that conversation. Again, you can follow me on TikTok, on um, Instagram. Instagram is at Andrew Coppins Realtor. TikTok is at Andrew Coppins, or you can hit me up at closewithcoppins.com. But I would love to be able to have those conversations with you because it is time to get serious about, well, you know, things are, no, things can get very dark here very quick. So, If you are curious about your financial situation, if you're curious about whether making that move is correct for you and not just for somebody else's bottom dollar, that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in making the right decisions for yourself and your family, whether that's to stay or go. Hit me up, closewithcoppins.com, closewithcoppins.com. All right, Pat, do you need the headline one more time? One more time because that, that, that headline was something. Japan cracks down on on sushi terrorism in recent arrest of two men who dipped their chopsticks in communal bowl of ginger. And is that the bee or not the bee? That is quite the headline. Um, I'm going with not the bee. Final answer. You are correct. It is not the bee. Two diners at a restaurant in Osaka, Japan, have been arrested for using their chopsticks in a communal bowl of ginger. Double dipping is a big no-no in Japan, apparently. Toshieri Oka, 34, um, hang on a second, and Ryu Shimizu, 35, were accused of obstruction of business after they used their own used chopsticks to eat pickled ginger from a container intended for all customers and then posted a video of it online. These arrests were part of Japan's crackdown on 
on sushi terrorism. It happened at the Guadon beef bowl chain, Yoshiano, back in September, police said. The video was shared wild, wild, widely over social media and showed a man believed to be Shimizu repeatedly shoveling pickled ginger into his mouth. From the Guardian, I wanted to make people laugh, Aka told police, according to the Kyoto News Agency. I asked um, Shimizu to do something funny, and he suddenly ate it. I shared it on social media because it was so funny. I wanted everyone to see it. The newspaper said both men had confessed to the allegations. Yoshiyanu operates a thousand restaurants in Japan, and when they saw the video back in February, they notified the police and were forced to temporarily close the location in Osaka, replace the pickled ginger, and disinfect all its containers. It is truly regrettable that this news has caused discomfort and anxiety among customers that has called into question the safety and security of eating it out in general. We sincerely hope that this will not happen again. What? Just a week before these arrests, another man, 21, was indicted for licking the top of a communal soy sauce bottle at a revol revolving sushi restaurant, and two other people were arrested in connection with the incident. Another prank shows a teenager licking the rim of a teacup before putting it back on a shelf and then wiping saliva on a passing plate of sushi. Now, I will say this. Those last two, that's that's just, that's not funny. That's not. No. That, that, that's gross. That's dangerous on all sorts of levels. You're an asshole. You're, you're not funny. You're an asshole. Oh, and by the way, this kid had reportedly expressed remorse for the behavior, indicating that he wants to apologize to the restaurant's operator, Kura Sushi. <sighs> but you're going to get arrested for that, by the way, now. Yeah. Um, well, I will say this. Um, sushi is terrorism. Terrorism is sushi because sushi is... Just saying. Um. There's a few bits of sushi that I like. Most of it, I agree with you, though. Most of it's like, just no. I, I can't even have it. It'll make me sick. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that'll make you sick, Pat. Oh, boy. Actually, no. I want I want to go non, non-sickening on this story. I'm going to switch it up. Okay. Um, Because remember, I told you up front, we, we have proof that, well, potential proof that Noah's Ark is possible. That the story of Noah's Ark is possible. What if yeah. I told you that we had that proof? Well, I, I covered that on Friday. Oh, so you yeah, did? I, I did. Oh, the scientific discovery showing that the Bible was right all along? That one? Yeah, all the water down beneath the crust huh? and everything. Uh -huh. yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I found that story to be uplifting yeah. and mm -hmm. fascinating, pun intended. And freaky. and freaky all at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that, all that water, by the way, is more than, than what's on the earth currently. Three times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, Pat, I, I, my other observation on this is that as science evolves and as we look at things and find things and explore, we tend to find the exploration of a theological or biblical nature, right? Those people attempting to either prove or disprove uh, tends to be about what? 95% on the prove side. <laughs> like we continue to find that the stories of the Bible are not just stories. Uh, some of these things really happened. Like, like a lot of them, like the, the vast majority of the stories that we are told, especially in the new Testament. Now the old Testament's a little bit harder to pin down, obviously, because they're the timeframes. We don't 
necessarily know. Um, but the things that are told to us, like the flood, uh, the Noah's Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, and all those types of things, like we continue to find proof that people might have been in those spots when they were supposed to be in those spots and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, so very, very interesting on a scientific front. But I wanted to leave with this, Pat, before we head off. And it, it was a discussion that Matt Walsh had in relation to Bud Light and the celebration of Dylan Mulvaney's 365 days of being a woman. I mean, a girl, because whatever. I just, I just you, can't. You, you no, know, it's, it's 365 days of playing dress up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, um, I'm pretty sure as a child I did that. I'm pretty sure what, you did that. Up? Yeah. I mean, I didn't dress up as a girl. I, I mean, Correct. I dressed up as Batman. I am Batman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Batman. All right. Uh, with that out of the way. Um, but that, and then Jack Daniels coming out, and then Nike coming out as sponsors, right? Literally and figuratively. Um. Matt Walsh had a few things to say um, to the crowd that believes that uh, you have to be nice, right? And we have long operated. And in fact, I think, Pat, you have brought this up. Being nice doesn't mean lying to somebody. Furthermore, being, not, being kind does not being, mean being nice. There's the difference okay. between kindness and niceness. Correct. Mm-hmm. And while it might be unkind to laugh and you know all of that sort of stuff the mockery whatever that that's not kind it's not nice either but there's nothing nice or kind however you want to use those term uh, terms about lying to somebody uh, about right. lying to somebody about who they are what they believe right there's nothing kind about saying, well, we, we need the biggest tent possible, so let's, let's, uh, let's embrace all of the things. You know, Jesus talked about embracing the sinner, right? He didn't say embrace the sin. <laughs> he has never once in the entirety of all the New Testament, Pat, right? Or in your case, the Book of Mormon, neither, right? Well, that, well, I mean- can you find a spot? Where it says that Jesus uh, embraced the sin. Never. Uh, no. Not in the New Testament. Not in your book. Well, I was going to say, we, we, used the, we used the Bible too, so no. Right. Right, right but you also have another part. Right, of we have another testament of Jesus Christ called the Book uh-huh. of Mormon, yes. Correct. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and in there, I, I don't see it either. Weird. But Matt Walsh had a, had a thing for this. And and I thought it would be good to bring up on the show. So here we go. Uh, Point numero uno. The left has taken away all of the neutral cultural ground. This is why brands like Bud Light and Nike are giving endorsement deals to a dude in a dress. In the past, a beer company could basically be culturally neutral. But the left has declared that you are either with them or against them. The silence is violence principle. So the brands have a choice. They can be baptized into wokeism and openly worship at the LGBT uh, altar, or they can by default align themselves with conservatives. What do they do? Well, the left will do everything in their power, and they have a lot of power. 
to make them pay dearly for disloyalty, piss off the right, on the other hand, and you'll have to deal with some of the angry tweets and then nothing else will happen. It's an easy choice. Uh, he ain't wrong. No, no, he'd be right. Mm-hmm. He'd be a hundred percent right on this. It's an easy choice for them to make. And why? It's because for me, as as we maybe go further into this, it's because for me, the conservative side has always been, well, if we just fight the fight that exists now, and I've used it as this example, right? It used to be marriages between a man and a woman. And then it and then it's well, we'll allow you to 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 have your civil union as long as you don't impose this on the church, right? Take and where are they going now? Marry me in your church, you bigot, right? That's yeah, where that's going. And then and then we also know all the other, you know, the transing of the kids and everything else that's been going on, the meatball surgeries and all that stuff. Okay. I mean, what do we do? Paper tiger stuff. Paper tiger stuff. Mm-hmm. But he has more to say on this topic. He continues, go woke, go broke is the lamest right wing cope of all time. It's not even close to true. It should be, but it isn't. By sheer numbers, we have the power to inflict severe financial damage on companies that spit in our faces, but we don't. The brands know that we don't. And I think, again, he's 100% right here. What say you? Oh, yeah, he's 100% right. I I talked a little bit about this whole Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney thing the other day. And my, my premise was, you know, just tell me you don't want my business without telling me you don't want my business. And well, I mean, but for you, <laughs> you right. I mean, in your business anyway, they, they weren't. But I'm, I'm just saying if if right. if I were that kind right. of person, though, I, th- th- that's the concept I was getting at. And and so to Matt Moshe's point, the go woke, bro- go, uh, go woke, go broke concept. He's right about this in the sense of stop just saying it, make it actually happen. Like you have the power to make things like that actually happen, but you don't do it. Okay, so then let's go ahead and carry on here because Matt Walsh has more to say. And he continues saying, we're so behind in the culture war that nearly every company is woke now. We can't boycott them all, which is a fact conservatives use as an excuse to do nothing. And this attitude infects the right. If we try to solve the problem, or if we try to solve this problem, there will still be this other problem over here. So why bother at all? It is the loser's mantra. And, you know, this is something that we have talked about in the past, Pat, when we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the parlor situation and, and really diving deep into the guts of how all of this is delivered and how all of this is put together technologically and how doing business with people who think differently than you doesn't always have to be doing business with people that hate you. OK, um, but what there's a distinction between doing business with people who think differently than you, than doing business with people who actively hate you. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that is these businesses, while there might not be an alternative necessarily to an AWS, right, in terms of its power, in terms of its, you know, broadband capabilities, its broad capabilities, its deliverability, right, there are other companies to go to. Okay. Or for instance, let's say, 
there's a coffee shop who actively, openly hates Christians. Go to a coffee shop who doesn't. You don't have to know that the owner likes you or doesn't like you or anything in between, but just is an alternative. This idea that we have to do business with only people who like you or think like you is nonsense. And the the way that you get out of that situation is by simply doing with business with people who don't hate you. We've talked about this almost ad nauseum. And, and it could be as simple as this. I have no idea what your politics are. You don't know or care what my politics are. You care about providing a good product, and I want that product. Or I have a service that you would like me to perform, right? Like in real estate or whatever. Doesn't matter. Do I treat you with the same respect that I demand that people treat me with? It's just that simple. I will do business with you if that is the case. I don't have to boycott every business. I don't have to go down these roads, right? All the freaking, it's, it's, it's exhausting, right? Am I missing something here, Pat? Not at all. Not at all. That's, I mean, that's the way that we used to do business in this country. And for whatever reason, over the last give or take decade or so now, if not more, we have been trending in a way that we don't do business that way. We, it's, it's got to be, you must agree with me or you suck, go away. And then Matt Walsh had this to say, here's what we should do. Pick a victim, gang up on it, and make an example of it. We can't boycott every woke company or even most of them, but we, but we can pick one. It hardly matters which and target it with a ruthless boycott campaign. Claim one scalp, then move on to the next. The problem is that many conservatives don't have the stomach or, or attention span for this, and our political leaders are almost completely useless. There is a way to win real victories. We just need a little grit and a little follow through. What say you on this one, Pat? Uh, so I'm not a huge fan of boycotts per se. I'm a big fan of vote with your dollars. Um, and, you know, so I, I I like that option more. But at the end of the day, he's right. Most most conservatives do not have the stomach to do anything like this. It's b- because it's convenient. It's comfort. And so when you when you start interfering with those conveniences and those comfort type things, a lot of people won't go against the the the, the trend of the day, if you will, and, and not upset the flow of life because they don't want to sacrifice those things. I absolutely 100 percent agree with that part of it. You know, in in um, let me let me just put it this way. There's a reason, right, why you and I, when we did our our reviving liberty, if you will, right, Mm. when we did um, kind of the concepts behind it, right, when we talked about it, we were talking about things in a very specific order, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. We talked about being rooted in God. We talked about finding your principles, right? And then... We talked about getting used to different. That was our theme overall last year. Get used right. to different. Th- that speaks to the creature comforts. That speaks to you, you have to learn to get uncomfortable. And, you know, that, that sometimes can sound like leftist language. But what we are talking about when we talk about being different is that we need to recognize that we are different than the left culture. 
We are different than woke culture. And either we accept that difference and embrace it and and love being different. We are and accept that we are the culture culture today. At one point in time, yeah, it is true. These people were on the fringes, right? But they have become the normies. You're not the normie anymore. You're the counterculture. So you're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to go without certain things. You're going to have to be a little bit different, but you have to be okay with it. You have to live in that and embrace it in order to make any sort of difference. Otherwise, you get things like the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Brandon Johnson winning you know, another Democratic Socialist onto the, the, the Chicago um, City Council. Seven. That's right, seven of them now. You have to think differently. You have to be okay taking risks. And that is very much not the message that has been sold to the nice Christian evangelical community, right? It's if you if you just kill them with, with the kindness, right? Crowd? No. How's that worked out? They've taken your kindness as weakness and trampled all over you until you've been buried right onto the highway. That's what they've done to you. So how's that been working out for you? So as we leave today's show, I want you to think about two things. Making decisions that are that are smart for your family and then making decisions about what you're comfortable giving up or uncomfortable giving up and do some of those uncomfortable things. But pick something. Form that fellowship. Pick something you're willing to stand on and do something about it. Because unless you do that, you're going to continue to be trampled over on any issue, anywhere, at any point in time. Whether that is in you know, red Utah, blue Chicago, or anywhere in between. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And if anything I learned today, it is time to start a GoFundMe campaign for Andrew Coppins to move to Utah. Yeah, sounds good. Also, he convinced uh, Mrs. Coppins to do that campaign. (laughs) And with that, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547.